Yo, welcome to Simply Bitcoin Live. We're your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution. We cover breaking news, culture, magic warfare. We'll be your guide through the separation of money and state. And man, man, oh man, is the state fighting back? Uh, crazy, crazy. So we've been covering, and 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 I really believe this is going to continue to escalate. Right for the last week or so, we've been covering Operation Choke Point. For anyone who's not in the know, this is the Biden administration's kind of backdoor effort into in in the way that i see it trying to slow down the adoption of bitcoin they're basically trying to choke out the industry and try to keep it separated from the financial industry the the us financial industry now it looks like in europe the same thing is happening but the european central bank kind of released a not kind of they released a, like a a meme or something on valentine's day and they're like, it, it's so crazy. Like basically we got to get inflation back to 2%. So like this magical 2%, 2% inflation, 2% theft is, is somehow okay. Right. And of course, and we also have, we're going to cover all the inflation numbers that came out. Um, Bloomberg tweeted this, the inflation rates around the world, not to mention in the global South where you're talking about double digit inflation recently just reported, just came out Argentina literally at 99% inflation. Could you imagine living that living in that environment? Mind you, Argentina, which recently got a bailout from the IMF or a loan from the IMF, and that loan, the IMF specifically said that, that the Argentinian government must de-incentivize the adoption of Bitcoin. So like, it, it's just absolutely bonkers. So many things to get to. But anyways, before we start the show, I want to bring up Everybody, first our special guest. Thank you so much for for uh, for for joining us today. Mass adoption. Uh, you talking about taking care of Bitcoin podcast? Thanks, Nico. Thank you for having me, man. Thanks, sir. Thanks for coming on. And of course, my legendary co-host, third man in charge at Simply. How you doing, Rustin? Doing great. We got we got inflation coming from Argentina, UK, US. Spoiler alert: It's not looking good out there, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, my legendary co-host, <laughs> who's always optimistic. How you doing, Opti? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, Rustin kills me. That that's hilarious. Let's go, uh, man. It is good. It's a good day. It's a good day. Another day in paradise. Another day of doing Bitcoin content. So you know, crazy, crazy stuff going on in the world. But hey, as Bitcoiners, we just get to kick back and uh, eat the popcorn and watch fireworks. Yeah, right. It, only if you take self-custody, though. Only if you don't, if take, you don't take self-custody, what Opti said does not apply to you. Anyways, everybody, let's start, let's start the show. The Bitcoin Numbers. Brought to you by Noddle. At this point, you should be running your own Bitcoin node. If you don't use your own Bitcoin node, you're trusting someone else's. Run your own version of Bitcoin Core, the Lightning Network, Whirlpool, and Dojo, all from the comfort of your own home. And if you're a digital nomad, you have absolutely no excuse because now you can run a Noddle through a virtual private server. Visit noddle.eu today. All right, everybody, I want to tell you about the biggest Bitcoin conference in the world. It's coming up. Bitcoin 2023 is going to be in Miami Beach, Florida, May 18th through the 20th, 2023. You don't want to miss it. You could take advantage of the promo code. Simply get 10% off off your tickets. Let's take a look at some of the speaker list because it's absolutely insane. You have Corey Clipson, Stacey Herbert, Matt O'Dell, Alex Gladstein, Lynn Alden, and of course, the Chad. Michael Saylor, you definitely don't want to miss it. Opti and I and Russ and hope to see you in the flesh. 
Check out Bitcoin 2023 and you can take advantage of the promo code simply. Anyways, at the time of recording, the Bitcoin price is 22,780 sats per dollar, 4,389 block height, 776,683 reachable Bitcoin nodes, 14,629 blocks to the halving, 63,317 having estimates April 25th, 2024 total lightning network capacity, 5,374 Bitcoin capacity value, 100, 122 million realized monetary inflation, 1.75% and the market capitalization of Bitcoin, 439 billion US dollars. Those are the numbers. Guys, I have to run. We'll see. I'll see you tomorrow. Opti, it's your show, my friend. Let's go. All right. Well, thank you, Nico. We appreciate you holding it down for us, but uh, we'll take it from here. Anyways, guys, as we've been covering uh, on the show for, I don't know, obviously forever, but definitely the last couple of days, we are definitely seeing not only central banks, but the IMF start to freak out. And it's very much in line with the idea of we are in the then they fight you stage. And I think there is a very, very telling theme running through this. So before I get into this article about the EU telling us about, uh, you know, Bitcoin or we can't hold so much Bitcoin in the banks, I want to relay the article that we showed yesterday. So remember this from yesterday. IMF says El Salvador's Bitcoin risks have not materialized, but should be addressed. And the reason I want to bring this up, because we're going to link this to what the EU said today, but it's this one telling sentence here that the IMF says, and the lender, the IMF noted that risk have not materialized due to the limited Bitcoin use so far. So just remember this little tidbit of information that we were talking about yesterday, because we are hearing the same grumblings coming out of the EU from uh, the ECB, the European Central Bank. And it's almost like they are getting the same, uh, you know, same orders from the top to continuously push the same narrative. Hey, I don't have my tinfoil hat on here, guys, but I will have to bring one up soon. Anyways, let's get into this article. So EU banks told by regulator to apply a Bitcoin cap even before they become law. So the European Central Bank, which supervises big euro area lenders, said crypto should be treated as a risky asset. And remember what we tell you guys consistently uh bitcoin is the stable coin you know sats are my stable coin in my opinion as a bitcoiner bitcoin is the least risky asset to hold in the world but yes there is a lot of volatility in the bitcoin price because it is becoming monetized in real time and we are seeing the s-curve adoption happen in real time which means there will be a lot of volatility in the price but to the upside which is something that they never tell you anyways let's jump into this article and see exactly what the framing is so banks in the eu should start applying caps on bitcoin holdings ahead of global norms set by the basel committee on banking supervision taking effect supervisors at the ecb said wednesday while Bitcoin and shitcoin has not yet made significant inroads into the blocks banks, the ECB said they should treat the assets as risky and limit holdings right away. So the Basel Committee on Banking Supervision standard is not yet legally blind binding pending its transparency 
position in the European Union, said a newsletter, uh, which is responsible for directly supervising the largest banks in the currency block. However, should banks wish to engage in this market, they are expected to comply with the standards and take it into account in their business and capital planning. So the BCBS recently proposed to assign the highest possible risk weight of 1,250% to unbacked digital assets such as Bitcoin, meaning banks have to issue capital equal to their crypto holdings, their Bitcoin and shitcoin holdings, and they would also be limited to holding Bitcoin and shitcoin in amounts not exceeding 1% of their core capital known as Tier 1. And so this is where I bring in the IMF article. So a survey published by the ECB on Wednesday also said that distributed ledger technology, which is what the, you know, the powers that be are trying to name a Bitcoin or a blockchain, is barely used across banks with fewer than one in five seeking to apply the solutions and that Bitcoin and shitcoin activities and exposures are insignificant. So let's just recap some of the stuff that the ECB said and then kind of connect it with the end of this article. And we had this conversation in spaces yesterday that on the one hand, the powers that be, whether it is central banks, whether it is the IMF or World Bank organizations or politicians, they are all saying one thing on one hand, which is, you know, Bitcoin is insignificant. It is. It hasn't been adopted yet. No one's using it. And then on the other hand, it's it's a huge risk and it's about to blow up the whole financial system. So let's get back to this. What was some of this? Uh, the first thing that they said is that it is having made insignificant inroads into the blocks bank. So again, they acknowledge the fact that Bitcoin still has a large a large room to grow, that it hasn't been fully adopted, and yet they are trying to claim that Bitcoin is uh, a risk asset on the verge of blowing up the financial system, which in my in my opinion is back to this whole idea that we continuously talk about, about them projecting what it is they are doing onto Bitcoin. And it's very interesting that we are seeing this not only from the ECB, but from basically every unproductive class member out there saying the same thing. They are absolutely terrified of Bitcoin because they know what Bitcoin does. And I think this is back to this idea that Nico and I have been mulling over. It's like, do these people not understand Bitcoin or are they incentivized to gaslight you so that you continuously not understand Bitcoin? This is a question I will leave up to you guys, but obviously at, at uh, Simply Bitcoin, we understand what the angle is. And then also... The next portion of this is uh, the fact that the BCBS proposed the highest possible risk weight, weight of 1,250% to unback digital assets such as Bitcoin. So there's two points here. As you guys know, as you guys are listeners to Simply Bitcoin, we continuously notice a theme that anytime they want to denigrate Bitcoin, they will actively name Bitcoin. But when they want to, you know, use the, the distributed ledger technology or my blockchain or crypto in general, they will lump it all together. So it's very interesting that we see this theme happening right now by the ECB is when they're trying to talk down on what we're doing over here in the Bitcoin space, they will actively name Bitcoin. But second is to the idea that Nico brings up all the time that 
in Bitcoin, we are being held to an absurd standard that not even the normal banks would be held to. And this is because they understand that Bitcoin is the escape route. And if they just let Bitcoin work on the free market, then I think people will understand the very clear advantage of holding Bitcoin. And then again, guys, as I said, you know, they tried to frame this into distributed ledger technologies, barely used across banks where only one in five are seeking to apply the solutions and that crypto or Bitcoin and shitcoin activity exposures are insignificant. So we said this again. It's very interesting how, on the one hand, Bitcoin is going to blow up all of the financial world. And on the other hand, it's an insignificant, um, you know, small portion, small market that no one is using. And. It's very interesting because we here at Simply Bitcoin lean into the idea that it is our meme world and everyone else is just living in it. And Bitcoiners have the best meme. And this is why we're continuously able to destroy their narratives, because when they try to play on our uh, playground, which is the memes, they absolutely wreck themselves. Like, look at the ECB here. And this is back to what Nico started the show with, is the fact that the powers that be are... Uh, trying to get back to 2% inflation. And what do we tell you guys? Inflation is theft. You know, say what you want, say what side of the aisle you are on. But it's very interesting that the status quo is that the powers that be can steal 2% of your purchasing power every year. And this is the, the norm that they want to get back to. Whereas we as Bitcoiners are like, hey, guys, uh, you know, we have this asset here known as Bitcoin at 21 million hard cap. And this is a feature, not a bug. But how is this little haiku or poem that the ECB pointed, put out yesterday? Roses are red, violets are blue. We will stay the course and return inflation to two. Well, you can opt out of this and you can hold Bitcoin. And I just find it hilarious. And when I put this on the on Simply Bitcoin Twitter account this morning, uh, I connected the two dots. And of course, the ECB says the expansion of the Bitcoin and shitcoin industry could lead to risk spilling over into the banking sector. And it's back to this whole idea we tell you guys all the time. The risk is to their control. Nothing else. There is no we here. They are absolutely terrified about the idea that they are getting disintermediated, that they are losing their power because now you can opt into a system that they don't control. And shouts out the Pleb Mining Tank right here because I really like this framing and it's back to what I continuously have been telling you guys and I told you in the before or in the first part of this segment and in yesterday's spaces. It's very interesting that now they are pivoting to it's Bitcoin's fault that we are screwed. So just understand where the theme is going here, guys, and understand where they're going to try to reframe the conversation. It's not that the risk of Bitcoin uh, to the average person is a concern. The real concern here is that they are losing control. And the risk to Bitcoin is what do we say all the time? Uh, what did Charlie Munger and uh, what, what was the quote he's saying? Bitcoin is rat poison squared. Well, it's very interesting that the rats are scared of the rat poison because it literally eliminates their control. And now they're going to frame it. Oh, you know, Bitcoin is the reason why we are screwed up when we have shown and continuously shown the receipts that uh, inflation is starting to get out of control, not only in the West, but it's all around the world. And this is because they're continuously printing money. And they can try to play in Bitcoin all they want for their faults, but we will continuously bring these receipts and continuously show that, hey, this has nothing to do with us. There is Bitcoin and there is shitcoins, and I will lump in the fiat dollar in shitcoins. So, hey, 
ECB, I really love your projections. Chrissy, I love that you are still talking about me over here, still leaning, needing to put Bitcoin in the conversation. But this has nothing to do with Bitcoin. And I think it's just more signal that the banks are absolutely terrified about Bitcoin, about what we're doing here, and they know exactly what the game is. So it's no longer that the powers that be, the unproductive class, the people at the top don't understand Bitcoin. I think it's very clear that they are very aware of what Bitcoin does, but they know one thing, that the average person out there still doesn't get Bitcoin, still doesn't get what's happening. And so they're going to lean into this narrative and this is where we are, guys. This is where the framing is headed. So just be aware out there. Understand that we are winning the narrative war and we will continue to win the narrative war. So it's very, very interesting to see them frame this right now. But hey, I don't know. I know I'm the in-house truther over here. But Rustin, what's your thoughts? here? I know you're going to have a good take on this. You always bring the receipts. All right. I like uh, so P-Man Van over there said tell me you're scared of bitcoin without telling me you're scared of bitcoin and then bitcoin becca she dropped this dime right here roses are red violets are blue you will eat some bugs and we will eat wagyu but <laughs> they they got an ass backwards off because they're saying bitcoin's irrelevant because banks don't use it no banks are made irrelevant by bitcoin you jackasses and uh when we go to the imf they don't want you to or and and the EU, they don't. They don't want people saving money. They don't want El Salvador uh, getting out from under their boot and paying off their debt because the IMF holds nations hostage. Go ahead and check out Confessions of an Economic Hitman. Um, they're trying to force them into using their cuck bucks, and these banks, well, probably not going to make it. Um, yeah, yeah, good shit, Opti. Let's go. All right, TCB, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, my take on that is uh, when they say we are screwed, it depends on which we they're talking about. Because if you're talking about the bankers, if you're talking about the politicians, you are absolutely screwed. There's no doubt about it. This entire system, this inflationary system only worked because it was a monopoly. And now the breakdown of the monopoly that Bitcoin is presenting, uh, they are definitely screwed. I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, maybe the first thing they're trying to go after is the idea of like being able to save, which is exactly what Bitcoin finally provides. So the idea that they don't want you holding Bitcoin necessarily in a bank account or that makes me think of uh, in Britain, they're kind of piloting the idea of putting like a 10 or 20,000 pound limit on how much their CBDC would allow you to save. And I think that's really just because capital accumulation is what leads to, you know, prosperity and power for the normal person. And they don't want the normal person to accumulate any power that could actually kind of go toe to toe with their power structure. So I think it's really an attack on capital accumulation to just kind of hold the little man hold the little man down and you know keep keep their thumb on their neck dude i could not Bars. agree more yeah exactly i could not agree more and uh i i love the two points that you made because i say this all the time once i got the idea incepted in my mind anytime i hear we it's like i always have the same question like who the f is we because i know you and i are not on the same playing field uh and i understand that our incentives are completely different but to your point and i think this is the best point that we need to oh my god i use we uh uh Oh, uh, man, to your point that I need to use and lean into this narrative more is the idea that cap capital accumulation is power, guys. There's nothing wrong with saving and they, the powers that be will continuously lean into this idea that you guys are hoarders, that saving is bad, that saving is destroying the economy because we need to make sure that the throughput of our money is, is at a high velocity. And it's like, man, 
Uh, the only way that society is built is by capital accumulation. And now they want a dystopian technocracy where you cannot save for your future. And it's very much what, what you said, you know, a moat so that they can maintain power. And the jig is up. And as Bitcoiners, this is what we're continuously trying to show people. But hey, we got a lot to cover. So, Rustin, let's get into the news. The Daily News. Brought to you by Blockstream Jade, built by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. It's an open source hardware wallet for the cold storage of Bitcoin. Blockstream Jade houses a full color camera, allowing for fully air-gapped Bitcoin transactions. Scan and display QR codes directly on the device to sign transactions and verify addresses with ease. Use your Blockstream Jade with your favorite wallet software, such as the Blockstream Green, Blue Wallet, Electrum, and Sparrow. Get yourself a Blockstream Jade today and take self-custody of your Bitcoin. All right, let's get to it. So as Nico told us earlier, inflation around the world, we're going to get to that. So Argentina, annual inflation hits 99%. This is Wild. So Argentina's inflation sped up more than expected in January as price controls prove ineffective because price controls work, guys, further complicating the government strategy ahead of the presidential election. Consumer prices rose 98.8% from a year earlier. And this is uh, uh, data, according to the government data from Tuesday, Fernandez's unconventional strategy to contain inflation. Let, let's check this bold strategy, Cotton. A mix of price freezes, currency controls, multiple exchange rates, and high borrowing costs. Oh, guess what? They failed to cool cost of living increases. No, no surprises there. Um, on Monday, Economy Minister, Economy Minister Sergio Massa rolled out new price controls on beef and said he's preparing more measures to reel in the rising cost of living. Guys, Price controls don't work. They further distort prices. They lead to further issues in supply and development. They cause further shortages or overproduction. Regardless, you get waste and further market disruption occurs. But at least the people have found an off-ramp. Because if we check it out, peer-to-peer -peer Bitcoin trading in Argentina is booming. Let's check this out. Let's look at the numbers down here. The P2P Bitcoin trading volumes of Q4 showed a market increase over Q2 and Q3. On top of this, with the way that trading is going, it looks like Q1 2023 will top the volume. January and February each saw volumes of 42.8 million Argentine pesos on the Lightning Network. Big deal. So like every action, right, has an equal and opposite reaction. So we see what Argentina has forced their people um to use money, money that steals from them. And it's been just outlandish and they're looking for a new direction. As you remember, Malay uh, presidential candidate in Argentina has said that Bitcoin prevents politicians from robbing you through inflation. He also said, the first thing we have to understand is that the central bank is a scam. Now, I don't know. Guy sounds pretty based, but Argentina, we'll see. Um, they are being pushed to Bitcoin. Adoption is increasing, so they they still have their escape route, right? Now, we saw the caps in the UK. Ooh, some stupid ad here. All right, let's go. Okay. So in the UK, check the headline. Consumer price increases slowed slightly. 
Okay, but let's go take a look at this and how they tell us about inflation. Now, in UK, they're up about 10 percent. So and they're trying to make it a positive that it, it didn't increase that much. But on a monthly basis, inflation was rapid. It climbed 0.5 percent from December. Uh, core inflation remains fast. Food prices are climbing swiftly. They rose 0.5% on a monthly basis. The upshot inflation is showing a worrying amount of staying power, even as it moderates from its peak. From its peak. But you guys have heard, you know, the bullshit. The, the economy's strong. Everyone's doing well, right? And let's go check here. So in the US, inflation. We're doing good. 6.4 or 5. Maybe if you just eat Frosted Flakes and Cheez-Its. Look at this. Price changes over the last year. Fuel plus 27. Gas plus 26. Transportation plus 14. Electricity plus 12. Food. So all the, the basic necessities to, to live and survive, they're all going up. But if you eat uh, chicken nuggets and watch Netflix, you're doing pretty good. Okay. On to the next one. And again, they're telling you the economy's strong, that inflation's under control, that Jay Powell and his minions can handle all of it. But core CPI, core CPI has risen for the 32nd straight month. This is from Zero Hedge. Headline inflation hotter than expected year over year, driven by lagging shelter. It's getting pretty bad out there. And on top of it all, some great advertising for Bitcoin from this ineptitude from the Fed and all these central planners plans only become plans for chaos. And the U.S. paying a record amount of interest on the interest rates that they are moving up themselves. How long until a possible default or the money printer gets going again? Probably not long. So let's see here. The fourth quarter tab was also nearly 30 billion more than the prior quarter. And that is one quarter difference, $30 billion increase on the interest of the debt. The nation's borrowing costs will continue to increase. That's because the existing debt matures. The government issues new debt with the higher prevailing interest rates. The higher rates could increase the net interest costs on the national debt to about $9 trillion over the next day, decade. So $9 trillion in just interest payments. Like, is this sustainable to you? Is this possible? That's up from the record $8.1 trillion that the CBO projected in May 2022. So that's what they're telling you. Opti, you can go ahead and play those two clips. First, we'll start with... Uh... Yes, yes, from the White House press secretary here. He's... Everything's fine, guys. He said this, so I will just say what he said on Friday, which is that the state of the economy is strong. Uh, and that... You know, you see that in the lowest unemployment rate in 53 years. You see that in the most jobs created in the last two years uh, in our country. He's. Wow. That, wow. That's pretty astounding. Now let's get to the next one. Jay Powell said it's OK. Everything's fine, guys. We got nothing to worry about, right? All right. One second. So why are they telling us everything is fine? Here we go. The labor market is strong because the economy is strong. And uh, as I mentioned, it's a good thing that we've been able to see the beginnings of disinflation without seeing the, the labor market weaken. The labor market's strong? Are you shitting me? Have you seen this stuff? I mean, we, we know the numbers are fudged in these things, but let's look at just 2023, some major, major 
layoffs. Amid avalanche of layoffs in some sectors of the U.S. job market, particularly across tech, finance, and media, Disney announced 7,000 job cuts on February 9th as part of its corporate restructuring to save $5.5 billion. The recent announce- announcements build on the overall 6% increase in job cuts recorded in the U.S. during 2022 and places Disney among growing numbers of large companies resorting to layoffs. Tech firms, including Amazon, Google, Microsoft, and Meta, have been especially hit hard by the economic downturn. Some 159,786 jobs have been cut by the tech firms last year. But guys, the inflation is under control and the economy is strong. Don't worry about it. You and me know they're full of shit. And let's go ahead and round it off here. In short, I can tell you, J-Pal and those boys, they got their head in their belly button, and they are not there detached from reality. But let's go ahead here. Sam Bankman-Fried, Carolyn Ellison, and other company insiders subpoenaed by FTX for documents. So we'll go ahead and round it out with a little scam bankster fraud update. So insiders including Freed, former Alameda CEO, Carolyn Ellison, Bankman-Fried's father, Joseph Bankman, as well as Gary Wang and Nishad Singh have been served subpoenas. Now, let's see. Bankman Freed is specifically asked for information on FTX, Alameda, and Emergent Fidelity Technologies, a holding company he ran with former FTX executive Gary Wang. Business performance, all emails from FTX account and personal Gmail, details, real estate holdings, and supporting documents he made to back up statements. And they've got until the 16th to produce all these documents heating up. Hopefully, this guy gets what's coming to him. And justice will be sought. But a lot of news, guys. Inflation not looking good. Economy not looking good. But uh, the propaganda in chiefs will say otherwise. Wow. Wow. Uh, hold on. Before I, w- I want to get a taking care of Bitcoin's take before I just do some rants. But before we do that, I really like this comment that Frank Arn put here. Uh, it's kind of back to the idea of what I put what I said in the numbers about the ECB saying like, oh, on the one hand, Bitcoin is insignificant. And on the other hand, oh, you know, it might blow up the whole financial sector. How's this comment? Bitcoin is the reason economy is going bad, but the economy is doing good. And Rustin just brings all the numbers oh my goodness anyway tcb jump in uh yeah my thought on that man the um, the inflation and the debt thing is interesting i mean i I like to tell people if you just sat right here and you were just going to count the 31 trillion just just one two three it would take you nine hundred and eighty-four thousand years no breaks no snacks no sleep so you're talking about now that we're going to start rolling over this power of large numbers as they raise the interest rate one two three four five percent 1% of $31 trillion is $300 billion. You go 2%, you got our U.S. military. You go 3%, you got more than the U.S. military. So I think the Congressional Budget Office projects that it's going to be like $1.2, $1.3 trillion of deficit or just interest payments on that debt by 2030. So you add that on, we're already running a trillion dollar deficit as it is. So the idea of like two or $3 trillion deficits every year are right around the corner. And that just keeps adding to that large number and it makes that percentage spiral problem even worse. So yeah, I mean, they can come out here all day long and say, yeah, everything's fine, everything's fine. But um, that's the beauty about math is you can't argue with math. So it it feels a lot like the Titanic, how they were kind of like saying, hey, this isn't, this isn't sinking, this isn't sinking until they had water all around their kneecaps. It feels very much like that. And I think like the math doesn't lie and all you gotta do is do the math and look at it. And it was like, then all of a sudden the propaganda doesn't work because math math is math is apolitical it doesn't care it's going to give you the truth and the truth is they got a huge problem on their hands 
Yeah, without a yeah. doubt. Uh, Nailed it. Kind of, yeah, exactly. You reminded me of what Greg Foss always says, like, it's 11th grade math. And I know math is hard, guys, but like big numbers, you can't hide them. You can't just sweep them under the rug. Anyways, we got a super chat right here before I go in on my little rant. Uh, Shouts out to our boy, Vake. Uh, $5 US dollar super chat. He goes, at my daughter's piano recital now, but I've got my AirPods in because I'd rather listen to Simply Bitcoin than some dumb Beethoven. That's dedication, <laughs> man. Oh, Vake, you're a savage. You're a savage. Uh, anyways, back to the, all the news that you covered. Oh, man, it, it really is amazing how uh, the powers that be are continuously able to use CPI to lie, to manipulate the masses, to try to gaslight people into them not believing their eyes and ears and understanding that, wow, everything is getting more expensive. My life is getting more expensive and it's not like my life is getting better. I'm literally just floating and, and just trying to ensure my own survival. And, uh, someone said it, someone said it in the chat, like, yeah, unemployment may be lower, but everyone's working like three jobs now, or what's the employment rate is higher because people are working three jobs now, like absolutely insane. And I mean, to the idea that we continuously say on this show that uh, Bitcoin is an inflation hedge. It's a monetary inflation hedge. And the global South is very willing to adopt Bitcoin because they understand that they can't trust their government to maintain their money supply. Like anyone with a brain or better yet, anyone that isn't in the Western world and hasn't been lulled to sleep by a complacency understands that the government is incentivized to manipulate the money supply to ensure that they make themselves richer, that they enrich themselves. And we are seeing uh, what the effects are this happening around the world. The latest example is what's happening in Argentina. They have 99% inflation rate and people are adopting Bitcoin on a peer-to-peer -peer standard. Like this is the inevitable end of all fiat currencies. Of course, us in the United States will be the last currency to implode because we are the world reserve currency, but don't be lulled to sleep. Like this will happen to us. And you know, I just love that they say, you know, inflation isn't that much, guys. Like, be okay with a little theft. Like, let's get back to 2%, guys. You know, just 2% theft, it's fine. You guys won't notice it. I remember someone said it in a tweet. They're like, I might have been Preston Pish. Um, and he's like, imagine if someone came to your house and stole only 2% of the goods in your house. You may not notice, but once it gets higher to 10%, 20%, 99%, this is when you start to freak out. And, you know, I say it all the time. The tyrants are better marketers of Bitcoin than we are because pain is how people learn and they will continuously drive people into Bitcoin. So the amount of double speak that we are hearing right now is absolutely amazing. I think I say it all the time that have we seen the peak of clown world? Probably not. But the unproductive class is so out of touch with reality. And it is amazing that we are in this point right now where they are literally lying to our faces on on in corporate press and people people are just eating it up it's like what's that meme uh they're pissing on your head and telling you it is raining <laughs> this, I, I feel like this is where we're at anyways uh rustin you said you got some more numbers oh, all right so Booth said that jeff booth said that jump in bro oh yeah so we got uh, we did a video yesterday. Len Alden did a thread on the history of CPI. So you're thinking about it right now. How long until things normalize? 
Well, in World War II, it took about 12 years till prices started to level out. And over that time, um, let me see. There was about a 127% increase there. Then if you go to the 70s oil embargo or the, the oil crisis there, over two decades, CPI uh, prices increased 237% over a 20-year period. And when we look at the 2020s, both of those had three very massive inflationary spikes, and we are in the first inflationary spike. So if that cycle continues, like history kind of rhymes a little bit, we still have two major inflationary shocks to go. But are we entering that Weimar because we see the effect of monetary expansion? You know, it's, it's time that it lasts in the market dwindles and you need an exponentially larger injection each in each crisis. So oh, it's just not looking good out there. Advertisement wow. for Bitcoin, guys. I mean, it's just everywhere. Dude, we're in the beginning of this and people, it's like uh, the frog in boiling water. At least we have the escape valve that is Bitcoin because it seems like we are I'm not even in the first inning. We're probably in like the first out of the first inning and inflate. We're just barely starting to see the effects of inflation on on society and everyone. But I guess it's all good for Bitcoin because, you know, humans learn via pain and the more pain, the more they will find solutions and we will be on the Bitcoin standard. Anyways, let's get into the culture. The Daily Culture. Brought to you by SwanBitcoin.com. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases, serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. We love Swan because they incentivize self-custody and dollar cost averaging. What are you waiting for? Visit SwanBitcoin.com today. All right, guys, before we feature our guest, I want to mention a few things. First is BitBlock Boom, a true Bitcoin conference in Austin, Texas, August 24th, 25th, 26th, and 27th. This is not a shitcoin NFT or blockchain event. It's a Bitcoin, 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 and only Bitcoin conference. Go check it out. It's going to be a lot of great speakers. Uh, you know, everyone's favorite, Beauty On, Adam Curry, Jimmy Song, Guy Swan, Preston Pish, Parker Lewis, Matt O'Dell, Marty Bent, and Nico and I will be there. I think actually, uh, Rustin, all, I think all three of us will be there. I don't know. Don't hold us to that one. Next one is unconfiscatable in December, December 7th through 8th in Las Vegas, this is a, a toxic maximalist conference with the famous uh, gambling night, you know, poker night. And we will see Jock, a couple tone bays again, Jimmy Song, Adam Back, Jack Ballers, Greg Fall, uh, Mark Moss, and a bunch of other awesome Bitcoiners. Again, Gil and I will be there. So, so go check it out, guys. We hope to see you in the flesh. Come hang out with us. As I say all the time. The best part about these conferences is hanging out with other Bitcoiners because I know you guys don't have enough Bitcoiners in your life. Anyways, today's guest is taking care of Bitcoin. And I'm I'm really excited about today's conversation because this is something that I literally latch on to continuously on this show is trying to iterate and find the best ways to get Bitcoin to everyone out there. And I, I can see, you know, taking care of Bitcoin, not not to uh, be in ages here, but you are a little older than I am. You are a little wiser than I am. So I my first question before I get into some of these comments is, uh, what are, you, what are you feeling like? Are you getting a lot of pushback or are you seeing people jump into Bitcoin from your, your age group, from your demographics when you're orange pilling people? 
uh, older, maybe wiser. I'm not so sure. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. So like, I kind of flipped the podcast idea on its head on taking care of Bitcoin. My idea is that uh, I kind of came to it and there's a lot of kind of noise. There's a lot of kind of moon boy stuff. There's a lot of like, not really talking about why Bitcoin is important. Not really so much about how it's going to make you money, but why it's really important for like the future of like a free people. Um, so I just try to meet people where they're at. So I talk to a lot of people that are either just very, very new to Bitcoin or Bitcoin curious, a couple that have just like just kind of started their journey. And I just try to meet them where their knowledge is at and bring them kind of competent answers to their very early questions so that they can kind of uh, kind of kickstart that journey in a way that's not as intimidating as maybe, you know, listening to all the people we love, you know, Preston and Jeff Booth and people talking about yield curve control and some things that might go over their head in the beginning. So, uh, yeah, I just try to meet them where they're at. And I thought that might be a little bit redundant talking to people, but I found that um, people come to Bitcoin from a lot of different angles because Bitcoin touches people in a lot of different ways, whether it's from technology or whether it's the inflation problem or whether, you know, it's just uh, an economics background or just just flat out, hey, what the hell is this thing? So um, I just try to meet them where they're at, give that kind of original orange pilling conversation a little virality. And uh, yeah, it's going pretty well so far, just because I can see people just go from kind of zero to, oh, okay, this is something bigger. This is something more interesting than I maybe thought it was coming in. So that's what I try to do. And, uh, you know, if anybody's out there that wants to come on or know somebody that wants to come on or you're sick of having that orange peel conversation at a barbecue, please send them my way because that's the whole idea is just to mint as many freedom fighters as possible. Let's go. Absolutely love it. And and you say something, you said something right now that I continuously say all the time. And I stole this from How to Win Friends and Influence by Dale Carnegie. And it's exactly what you just said. Meet people where they are. Uh, as something I've learned recently is the same idea. You know, I think Bitcoiners, we have the facts. And at sometimes we might be getting a little impatient. We just like force pill people. We beat them over the head with the Bitcoin signal. Whereas like, you know, understand who you're talking to, understand who your audience is and frame Bitcoin in such a way that you can show them that this is going to benefit their life. And I think you're doing a really great job. I look, I, I got your Twitter over here and I saw this theme that I really, really enjoy. And I, 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 I'd want to hear your, your uh, input on how you got this, but you Say it right here in all your new episodes. Bitcoin is for software engineers. And you got another one. Uh, where to go? You got like Bitcoin is for podcasters. Or the next one you got, uh, I think it was like Bitcoin is for filmmakers. And so I really like this framing of like, I know we say it on a general level, like Bitcoin is for everyone, but I th or Bitcoin is for the digital media industry. Like I think framing it in little niche areas like this, like Bitcoin is for is a great way to capture people's attention of like, oh, wait, Bitcoin can benefit me in either my industry or my personal life. And, you know, Bitcoin is much more than just Internet nerd money out there. And it can actually benefit your life. You know, we say it all the time. Bitcoin is for freedom fighters. Bitcoin is an inflation hedge. You know, there's so many memes that you can add on to Bitcoin is for. But I really like your angling on your Twitter account where you're talking about like, yo, fitting in everyone's interest and how Bitcoin can benefit them. So how would you come up with that? 
Uh, well, I mean, I started with that kind of idea is just the idea that Bitcoin is for for everybody, right? And it's like, uh, you know, sometimes we can get kind of stuck in the echo chamber of just talking to each other. And we're all just like, yeah, Bitcoin's great. I was like, yeah, I agree. And it was like, okay, that, that's awesome. You know, but uh, uh, eventually what's this thing's here, this thing works, what it needs is adoption. So we need to be able to reach out of those circles and pull people into those circles in a way that makes sense to them. So the idea of uh, Bitcoin is for whoever I'm talking to is, the hope is that, hey, they go share that with their friends and family. They share that with their network. Uh, those people might listen just because they know that person or they have some kind of connection to that person. And then accidentally they hear something that maybe triggers a little bit of curiosity or and, like kind of drives a little bit of kind of further intellectual um, energy just putting towards something. It's like, oh, I thought that was just some kind of speculative bullshit bet. Oh, wait a second. Oh, I didn't never thought about that angle. I never thought about a given property rights to all of humanity. I never thought about how, you know, these people in Lebanon are like trying to rob their own bank accounts to get at their own money. It was like, maybe this isn't just some kind of bullcrap internet bet money. So like try to frame why it's important, not so much why it's an investment. I like to tell people, uh, you know, Bitcoin's an investment in the future of human freedom. So let's hope it breaks to the upside. I love it. I love it. And uh, I like this little quote you put here. You know, we we say this all the time. And this is something I think like I've personally uh, dedicated my whole life to is the same thing that that you put here is like we talk to people from all walks of life and answer the basic questions common to every Bitcoin noob. We're trying to onboard as many freedom fighters as possible. Let's take care of Bitcoin. So before I ask uh, where you came up with the name of taking care of Bitcoin, uh, I, I just want to ask you, What's your or how has been the response to your perspective on uh, being like a freedom fighter? Do you think the average person cares about freedom as much as we do? Or are we just like a niche group on, on the Internet that like thinks that freedom is the most important thing that most people should care about? Uh, yeah, I think it's probably one of those things where they, they care about it once they kind of have to, which is a little more difficult when you're talking about a United States audience, because uh, like we kind of lean into we have financial privilege. Our banking institutions are pretty good. So you have to kind of uh, explain how Bitcoin is a global um, permissionless asset that, you know, you might not care because your Bank of America account or whatever works fine. But the idea that uh, this, no matter who you are, where you are on earth, what kind of economic situation you're in, what kind of authoritarian regime you might live under, uh, kind of the idea that it's, um, you know, free freedom matters. And like freedom has been kind of marginalized, I feel like in recent years, the pendulum's kind of swinging back a little bit, hopefully. But um, when it kind of when freedom kind of gets pushed into a corner, um, it feels like all of a sudden Bitcoin was kind of a the freedom fighter super weapon that we just found in the game that all of a sudden allow, allows you to fight back. Because the thing about people that really uh, value freedom is they're horrible at organizing. So the thought that they're going to like really go and like start some kind of political movement that's going to really move things where they just want to be left alone and they just want to do their thing and they just want to raise their family. It's hard for those people to organize unless you can really organize around a really powerful idea. And I think that idea is Bitcoin that allows you to collectively organize without even meeting each other, without even rallying together. You all just rally around an idea and spread that idea. And that idea is going viral. It obviously has legs. So it just needs all of us to kind of help push it along. And we can all do that from our own space. I love it, bro. And uh, Rustin, I saw you taking notes. So I want you to jump in as well. But you just kind of touched on uh, the name, taking care of Bitcoin. And I think uh, I think you just kind of added that two sets at the end. But how did you come up with the name? And then I'll let Rustin jump in. Uh, oh, yeah, just came. I'm, I'm a huge Elvis Presley fan, honestly. Like, like that's where it came from. So it was the uh, taking care of business. He used to wear like a... Uh, you know, the TCB Memphis. Mafia. I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. Like, I had yeah. that. Right. 
Yeah, so, yeah, so that was the guess. So, uh, yeah, I was like, like uh, you know, just take TCB. I'm gonna start, you know, the, the uh, you know, the mempool mafia or whatever the hell it would be. But uh, like, uh, so it's just the idea of that kind of rip. So taking care of business, you know, that's a great idea. We just got to take care of it. We got to spread it. So TCB, baby, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Rustin, jump in, awesome. and then we'll move on. I literally I put taking care of Bitcoin, taking care of business question mark earlier, and I was like, oh, awesome, man. Um, so meeting meeting people where they are, it's kind of like education one on one, and some people just like negate that. They think they have a one size fits all statement that fit everyone, but everyone comes from different areas and niches and interests. Um, and like you were touching on, all the areas that Bitcoin touches, tech, economics uh politics i mean it's just wild wild and finding which area appeals to a certain individual so that you can give them you know just drop little nuggets here or there and 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 send them on their way um and people come for the tech the econ the gains the political side um just really badass and and finding what garners that intrigue in people i loved what you said there at the end um with freedom um People will care about freedom when they have to or once they understand its real value, which goes back to the first statement. Man, awesome stuff. Uh, I loved hearing you today, TCB. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And look, to you guys' point about freedom at the end, you know, I'm a first-generation American, and it really is uh, mind-blowing how little people care about freedom. You know, we are the land of the brave, home home of the free, and yeah, most people just cont- like I think they've been lulled to sleep or complacent about this whole idea. Like people have literally died for this freedom and people are just giving it away on a platter. And this is why there's so many of us Bitcoiners that, you know, say the meme, like we will die on this hill. This is something that I think not only is going to benefit my life, but it's going to benefit all of humanity from this point forward. And I think this is part of this idea that. Bitcoiners and I do it in myself and I continuously go through this process of like taking what we're doing very seriously and understanding the importance of everything we're doing here. And I know we like to giggle and have fun while we're doing this, because if you're not laughing and enjoying your time during this 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 uh, transition, it can get very dark mentally. and, And we have to ensure that we are in the best mental space but it's very interesting just how little people care about freedom and in the home of the free and so you know kudos to you and we will both be brothers in arms spreading the bitcoin message so continue on the mission bro and we will continue on the mission so everyone go check out taking care of bitcoin taking care of bitcoin.com but let's move into the memes guys your favorite portion of the show the daily meme review brought to you by kaboom racks i get this question all the time nico where should i buy bitcoin miners the answer is kaboom racks it's the best place to buy bitcoin miners that's where you're going to find the best deals and the best prices start your mining utopia today to check out their racks you got to go to t.me slash kaboom racks join their telegram group and start your mining journey today kaboom racks Kaboom. All right, guys, you already know this is the meme review, your favorite portion of the show. Continuously tag me in memes on Starting Twitter. Starting off with a bang. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, drop memes in our Telegram group, t.me slash simplybitcoin, and I will do my best to get through all of the signal in there to get you guys the memes on the show. But again, 
tag me on Twitter. I will, I'll, I'll, you know, I like them and I'll get them on the show. There's only, there's only some spots, but you already know tweets are the bullets. Memes are the artillery as TCB showed us. And we continuously elaborate on the idea that we are all in the information war right now. You guys are frontline soldiers. Continue to put truth in art, continue to get calls of action, continue to spread the signal because this is all we have to do. On the one hand, it is an education front. We do need to educate our friends and our family. But on the other hand, it is a weapon because we are in an information war. And the only thing that the corporate press has is the monopoly on truth. So Tweets are the bullets, memes are the artillery. Continue to put your hat in the ring and continue to counter all the FUD from the corporate press. Anyways, let's get into this meme. This first one, shouts out to my boy Rope. Uh, he continuously trolls me in my DMs telling me that I have I am the worst person at describing memes. So let me do this meme not so much justice because I'm going to obviously butcher it again. But anyways, Rope goes at Ropium on Twitter. Can't unstake, but you know, JPEGs. And we got a, we got a queen on, on her pedestal. And it's Queen Vitalik with unicorns and rainbows on her dress and a little Ethereum in his fingers, her fingers. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's a very accurate. Picture. Never mind. I'm not going to say it because in the space you'll get mad. Anyway, it says Department of Trans. <laughs> we got Vitalik pointing out at the masses. Let them own JPEGs. A throwback to uh, let them eat cake. This next one shouts out to at Pleb Signal BTC. And I think this is something that we we continuously do here on Simply Bitcoin is try to illustrate the idea that. You are ascribing value to a piece of paper because you think it has value. But hey, you know, this meme literally puts it in one beautiful picture and it goes, the only difference between these two images and we have a dollar, United States dollar, one dollar bill. And this drawing of a United States one dollar bill is that you believe one has more value than other. They are both printed ink on paper yet you believe that the dollar bill with green ink has more value than this really great great illustration of u.s dollar okay this next one shouts out to my buddy away slice probably one of the best chefs on bitcoin twitter actually there's a few i don't want to i don't want to denigrate some of my other friends that are also very good chefs anyways away slice goes this is the best thing i have ever made and that's saying something considering i've eaten his steak uh, pause and it was delicious. Anyways, we got this cat sitting here uh, with a wrench and he's got his paw on a hood of a car and the cat is Bitcoin and the hood of a car is everything i.e. Bitcoin fixes everything and Bitcoin is a cat that will fix everything like the mechanic fixed my car. That this cat week. looked like the god damn it another one? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had to. Alright, shouts out to Bode Hesita777 and he goes, any takers I'll include a picture of my original art and we have the the meme template of I will trade you an offer. Uh, I receive 950 million sats and you receive one sat with a JPEG inscribed. <laughs> 
Don't fall for it, guys. Oh, my Get your goodness. head out of your belly buttons. What Come is on. going on? The current thing, man. The current thing. Bitcoiners love the current thing, guys. It's back to the idea of Bitcoin just being so boring. You know, a stable monetary network is just so boring, guys, that like we got to make up new in, in quote unquote interesting things to keep us uh, in, entertained. Whereas like, I don't know. I like the idea of separating money in state and just holding a money that doesn't get debased. But hey, maybe I am, uh, you know, a toxic maxi. Anyways, shouts out to Cinemaniac20 and shouts out to Chris Alamo. He was on the show yesterday and he tagged us in this meme. Uh, guys, this is what you can do. Tag me in the memes and I'll, and I'll get to him. Anyways. Cinematic 20 goes, Satoshi Nakamoto is the patriarch of this new era. And this is the classic trumpet meme of the, the school girl girls. And one has their head in the, it's a trombone, sorry, a trombone. And the other girl is playing the trombone straight to their head. So the trombone is truth. The person playing the trombone is the Bitcoin maximalist. And the person with their head <laughs> in the trombone is the world. I think this is fitting considering what TCB and I were talking about in the culture. It does feel a lot of times like we are force pilling our friends and family out there. And I don't know if I want to say we're doing them a misjustice, a, a disservice by just continuously beating them over the head with the truth. But hey, this is what we do. Everyone do what you think is best. Beat your friends and family over with the truth, with the Bitcoin signal, and they will remember, oh yeah, he was the smart one that told me that I should buy Bitcoin and I didn't listen. Anyways, this next one is by Vandalay BTC on Twitter and he goes, never hashtag Bitcoin. And we got a 300 meme. <laughs> Actually, I missed, missed time that one. We got Xerxes as the central bank and he's got inflation and CBDCs on one hand. And he goes, I require only that you take a knee. And we got the Bitcoiner at the bottom that says, see, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> And I got my 300 of woos on here for that. That's right. Not today, Satan. Not today, Xerxes. Anyways, this last one is by Lena Sisha. And it's a little hodler comic. And it's back to this idea that we continuously tell you guys on the show is that what we are doing here is not only educating people on the one hand, but we are continuously countering the corporate press FUD, the corporate press lies, because they are gaslighting the person out there because they know one thing, and they know what we know here at Simply Bitcoin, is that the average person still doesn't fully understand Bitcoin. And uh, to an extent, I might, I might lean into the idea that I don't think they need to fully understand Bitcoin. All they need to understand is that the, if they hold their value in Bitcoin – their life will become better and their savings won't get debased like it does on the fiat standard. Anyways, Lena Cichet's comic goes, the daily FUD, and we got some little hodlers and go, or this is the corporate press, sorry, business. We got some suits here and he goes, what are we doing today? And they're spinning a wheel to find new narrative FUD lines and it lands on destroys the environment. So the other suit goes, climate change. Wait, what's today's FUD? It is climate change. And you can see we got ad campaign money piling up in bags and we got people people selling t-shirts like the change the code people out there greenpeace wreck <clears throat> anyways and we got sign proof of stake over proof of work and we got more signs that bitcoin will use all the world's energy by 2025 see you see they're crossing it out and it needs to needed to continuously move the goalpost because bitcoin is 
obviously winning. And remember yesterday? Oh, no, it was Friday. I think it was Friday when Mike was on. Uh, I jokingly leaned into the idea that we should unplug Austria because it's using too much energy. Well, we got the sign here. Bitcoin uses as much energy as Austria. And I like that it's a line because they will continuously erase it and add a new country in there that we should be afraid of. It's going to boil the ocean. Oh, and look, I didn't even know that. The next sign is Bitcoin will boil the oceans and crossed out Bitcoin. Man, it's almost like Bitcoiners are just right continuously. And and it's almost like uh, we have, we have uh, you know, destroyed these FUD lines in the past already. But hey, you know, I don't know. Maybe I am just a savage Bitcoiner and I'm just so far down the rabbit hole that I already know everything that they're going to say. Anyways, today's meme review score for me, for myself, uh, I'm going to give it two cups my my water cup and my coffee cup that says let's do this let's go okay rustin what's your meme review score very nice all right since they're gaslighting us and uh jocking our pull straps uh bitcoin doesn't give a shit so i got a honey badger right here because honey badger don't care all right yeah let's go all right tcb what's your meme review score let's see my meme score uh i will give it the jealousy Opti has for Christine Lagarde's cold black heart because it is pounding away inside of her and he is not. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it! Yo, okay. All right. Dang. Wrecked. Wrecked live on the show. All right, guys. Drop your meme review score in the chat. And I will cover it live. But before we do that, go check out representltd.com. Promo code simply dash Bitcoin. Uh, I think it's all caps. That's what it looks like here. We wear the merch every single day. I'm wearing the simply Bitcoin dad hat. Rustin's wearing the snapback. I'm wearing some represent orange pill. Trust no one merch from the site. And guys, we love them. Go check them out. I know that the hoodies are mainly sold out. There's still some left. So if you want to support the clothing merch, go get it now. Representltd.com. And uh, we'll, see you. we'll see you at the conferences in the Simply Bitcoin merch. Anyways, before I go on, I see we have a super chat here. So shouts out to G-Dub, the Laker, 24, super chat, five US dollars. Thanks, fellas. Let's smash by Bitcoin. Simply Bitcoin equal the best show in the game. Verified. Let's go. Okay, hold on. Uh, I'm getting trolled in the chat because apparently I don't know anything. <laughs> Opti, your meme descriptions are the best. It's a balcony, Opti. It's a front bumper, Opti. Uh, also, also, <laughs> also uh, Rope wants me to say Xerxes one more time. Xerxes. Okay. All right. Anyways, let's get to these meme review scores. First one, Caesar Milos. He goes, I'm giving the memes 10 free memberships to my paid Nostra Relay. If you know, you know. Okay. All right. Let's go. All right. This next one, the P-Man Van. I give those memes. Opti giving Christine a dozen black roses wrapped in paper with her criminal record on it. Ooh. Dang. Okay. Nihilus Field score. Bitcoin didn't fix Opti and Christine's <laughs> relationships. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. Okay, Rope. See, Rope, I told you you needed to give me you needed to give me a meme note so that I knew exactly what I was saying on today. Anyways, he's rating those memes. One balcony equals one pedestal. Yes, yes. Okay. Oh man, I'm getting trolled heavy today. All right, Bitcoin for Canadians. I give those memes Opti's trombone that looks like a tuba. Oh my god. All right. Okay. Uh, thanks, Nico. Now I'm getting wrecked. Next, Frank R. I give these this memes nothing because the economy is doing just fine. Oh man. Okay. All right. A couple more. Jose Salgado. I give those memes. Two percent inflation is normal, guys. Yeah, man. What is going on here? Elaine, shouts out to Elaine. I give those memes a new rendition of taking care of business with Bitcoin in the lyrics. Let's go. Taking care of Bitcoin. I think that's everyone. Anyway, Bitcoin Becca, I give those memes one Xerxes golden chariot. Okay. All right. Oh, how am I? Apparently, I can't pronounce Xerxes, but whatever. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Anyways, anyways, guys, before I get trolled more, uh, go check us out in audio only platforms on anchor spotify apple we are a part of the fountain uh value for value economy and we will cover those comments on friday i might have to do a long one since uh i for i was i was mia last week but you already know so we will cover your comments live also Go check us out, simplybitcoin.news, simply bitcoin unfiltered. Shouts out to all of our writers. I uh, like I'm gonna I'm gonna do a cop out. Too many of the name right now, but you guys know who you are. You guys are dropping that hot fire, and I really appreciate it. I love what you guys are doing. Continuously double down on our signal over there. And if you like what we are doing on the show, go read us live over there. Anyways, last but not least. Go check out t.me slash Simply Bitcoin TV, our Telegram group. If you want me to cover your memes, go drop them in there. There's a lot of signal, a lot of cool people that hang out in there continuously that are doing the Lord's work and countering all the FUD. Anyways, next, let me uh, plug our, our guest today, TCB. Let the people know where they can find you, what you're working on next. And, uh, yeah, we'll roll this one out. Uh, yeah, man, I'll just keep, keep the passion project, uh, talking to the Bitcoin news, the Bitcoin curious, uh, getting them on the signal, getting them on the mission. So, uh, you can find me on Twitter at TCB coin or, uh, the take care of Bitcoin podcast. It's up Apple, Spotify, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, please tune in there. And if anybody's interested in coming on the show, please, uh, please reach out. Let's go. Definitely hit him up. Go check out the, his Twitter and the site. Oops, wrong one, wrong one. Anyways, guys, you already know. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back to normal tomorrow. Nico will be back. We'll be hosting the same show as always. But, of course, go hang out with us on Twitter Spaces if you want to continue the conversation. We'll be going for about another 30 minutes. And uh, we appreciate you guys. Continue to spread that Bitcoin signal, not just us, but all of the signal. We also have an IRL tonight. I think it's at 5 p.m. Eastern time. So, Go join us on, on our Twitter and our YouTube. We appreciate you guys, and we will see you tomorrow. All right, peace out, guys.